Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp, managing editor of Fightful.com, FightfulWrestling.com, and now FightfulSelect.com. That will be our primary sponsor throughout this entire week. Because of Fightful Select, we're able to bring you this ad-free all week throughout WrestleMania week. My God, if you all haven't checked out our new premium service, Fightful Select, yet, just head over to FightfulSelect.com. A lot of you have asked me for uh, additional content from retro reviews, Q&A podcasts, uh, uh, alternate commentary where you can actually see the match as well as uh, different merchandise. Uh, you can get all that at FightfulSelect.com. Also, I have a weekly show that's uh, called The Fightful Weekender that recaps NXT, 205 Live, Ring of Honor, New Japan being the elite that goes over there. You can get access to our Fightful Photo Gallery from shots that uh, I have uh, collected over my years of doing photography work as well as Jimmy Van's classic photos from when he promoted stuff. You can also get Jimmy Van's exclusive match archives from when he promoted uh, wrestling back in the day. A new one each month. There's a tier where you can get early access to my interviews. Some of them that won't be released for months. Uh, segments like making a finisher that I've teased that won't be out until later this year when I'm ready to release the season. You can get a copy of Jimmy Van's book, Wrestling's Underbelly, that released in, I think, 2005. Uh, you can get a sneak peek into Nigel's pre-podcast uh, production and multimedia for the list in your boy. You can get a Fightful t-shirt. You can get stickers. There's all kinds of stuff over there. We also have sponsor tiers. Maybe you have a business or a company that you want to promote. You can spend a good chunk of change and get a six-month block of sponsorships and get flown to Toronto to film the list in your boy with us. Head over to FightfulSelect.com. And if you're on the fence about it, I have several preview videos that are up 
on youtube.com slash Fightful, as well as Fightful.com. I did a preview Q&A podcast this week. I've released a dark match commentary video between Dee Dee Venturi and Molly Holly, and my God, was that a wreck. Dee Dee Venturi should not have been in a ring at that point. Also, I released a clip of my first retro review, which is WWF Backlash 1999. Alex, let me ask you, do you like butt cheeks? Uh, not as much as Jerry Lawler, I'm assuming. But Well, if fine. you liked butt cheeks, male or female, WWF Backlash was the show for you. Also, I want to say, Jerry Lawler's commentary on that show, like I expected it to be, like go in and it'd just be puppies. He was rocking the shit on that. Oh, good for good for Jerry. Like uh, the the one thing I'll kind of preview is as I looked at that, you remember that's the infamous where to Stephanie. He abandoned Jerry Lawler abandoned his heel character completely, and he's just screaming for Vince McMahon. He's like Vince, somebody tell Vince. It was good stuff. I had a lot of fun reviewing that show. So we've got as much, if not more, than anybody doing uh, premium content. Uh, and giving you free news on on their website as well because you're not losing any of your free content from Fightful.com. We're still here with all of our free stuff. This is all just extra and a cool way to support Fightful.com. But this week, oh boy, is it loaded, Alex. Mother Mm. of God. It's insane. In addition to all the stuff I talked to you about Fightful Select, Fightful.com, our free stuff, my God. I'm releasing my full interviews with Dave Lagana and Colt Cabana and Alex Riley. We have exclusives from the boxer uh, Je- Jesse Vargas. Wikipedia fact checked with Frankie Kazarian. I've got several articles about Joey Janela uh, just shitting all over Flow Slam, to be quite honest with you. Talking about the backstage environment at his first spring break show, I interviewed Stevie Ray. He talks a potential wrestling return. We've got Luke Sanders, Becky Lynch's boyfriend, talking about that dynamic, that relationship, as he's also a UFC fighter. Uh, we have Impact versus Lucha Underground coverage. We're going to have a, a live discussion open for the WWE Hall of Fame this week. We've got uh, Arjan Buller, who is uh, known as the UFC fighter who Jinder Mahal was to walk to the cage before the hurricane, unfortunately. He speaks about his friendship with Jinder Mahal. We have Fightful's 15 worst WWE pay-per-view theme songs, uh, a series called The Four-Year Coronation of Roman Reigns, Year 3. <laughs> that one drops soon. Also, uh, Tim Storm telling a pretty funny and painful Ahmed Johnson story. I've got two podcasts Saturday night, and uh, I'm pretty excited to announce this one. Uh, instead of covering Ring of Honor, Supercard of Honor, like really, really, really late Saturday, I've decided to do it early afternoon Sunday and do a bit of a WrestleMania pre-show in that regard. That way I can talk about any news that's filtering in, uh, what I've heard, all kinds of cool stuff like that, and uh, review Supercard of Honor as well. My God, you guys. There is just so much going on. And I'll go ahead and give him the proper intro. I'm also joined by one Alex Palowski. Alex, how you doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, this is shaping up to be a crazy weekend of wrestling, including a whole bunch of stuff that we're not going to get to see they're putting on their access shows, which I'm yeah. like, Fight- hey, hey, how about this? How about Fightful's Jason Kincaid working <laughs> yeah. WWE access? Yeah, how about Fightful's Jason Kincaid in, in a tournament? At, at this rate, Vince Russo is going to get rehired before Matt Riddle. <laughs> no, but they have all of these, all of these people in these tournaments for throughout WrestleMania access. 
And my favorite part is all these guys are going to be crowned champions of certain stuff on Saturday night. And then at 8 a.m. the next day, they got to come back and have their first title defense. <laughs> it's going to be nuts. Yes. Oh, my God. There's as, as I'm sure some of you all saw, I got a script for tonight's Raw. I'll uh, include some of those notes as well. But, of course, I'll unleash some of those juicy details on Fightful Select and my Fightful Weekly this week. I'll have a story up tomorrow. But uh, lots of cool stuff and wanted to hit you all with all that info. Also, as if this week couldn't get crazier, the main event of the UFC show got changed last night. Tony Ferguson out. Max Holloway, the 145-pound champion, in. Now he's competing for the 155-pound championship. You can get all that news at Fightful.com. My God. My God. But. Let's go full steam ahead into Monday Night Raw. First, I want to thank Alan Soraki, Jonathan Ma, uh, Neil Henriot, Jose Flores, Andrew uh, Monaghan, Chris Sully, Joseph Bix, Simon Willis, Jay Patel, and King Juni. They are our first 10 subscribers to uh, Fightful Select. Thank you very much. Monday Night Raw. What were you expecting going into this show? I'm sure The Undertaker. I wasn't expecting to see. I wasn't expecting to see him. I expected to see the like you know. I expected Something. a dong. I expected a dong. I expected a dong on Monday Night Raw. We were dongless, which I guess is good. Um, depending on what kind of dong you're talking about, but uh, I expected something. Uh, did not expect nothing, uh, and expected a lot of you know running in place before Mania. Um, did not expect two of the three guys uh, in the Intercontinental title match to give us a barn burner of a singles <laughs> match, while the third guy who's going to be in the title match completely changes his gimmick to proud dad while on commentary. So I'm, I'm here for that, too, and what we will talk about it. My God. <laughs> and we're also going to make our WrestleMania predictions. I'm thinking about doing a show Friday afternoon because, I don't know, as if I don't have enough shit to do. Just I figure a preview show would be fun, too. Ronda Rousey, Kurt Angle, Triple H, and Stephanie, they set this up as a UFC-style Q&A with Jonathan Coachman, which I think is a nice twist from what we usually see and probably a welcome change for Ronda Rousey. For better or for worse, WWE is trying different ways to present these interviews, whether it be the selfie, whether it be this, but pretty standard until Stephanie says, we all know how you handle losses, Ronda, which is a good line because... We saw last week how Ronda Rousey handles losses, and it is not time traveling. No, nope, nope. She 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 is a cyborg from the future, but she cannot time travel. Wink, wink. So Rousey asks if Stephanie is a righty or a lefty. Steph says, "I'm a righty. Why?" And she like kind of laughs it off. Ronda says. I just want to make sure you're still able to sign my checks. And I thought that was a very, very good line. The segment ends when Ronda Rousey goes after Triple H's throat with, would you call it a goozle? A go- the the, goozle, the <laughs> goozle is what Bliss. they used to call it. Alexa Bliss started doing this thing in, in NXT where, oh, yeah. she, where she would just grab this the, her opponent by the throat and just and scream at him. him. And scream at her and then throw her down like over across her knee or something. She did it to uh, Banks a lot in their feud. Uh, I used to call it the Goozler, and so that she pulled out the Goozler on uh, on old Triple H. It was pretty great. Kurt Angle called Ronda Rousey 
Ronda Rowdy, and I was like, ah, God. But I mean, if if you all would, I mean, if you all followed her MMA career, shit like that happened so much that it was yeah. almost normal to me. I mean, we are eleven years removed from, and this isn't a political thing, but from Donald Trump going on TV and calling Lashley Bobby Lindsley in the promotion for that match. Bobby Lindsley. And I was like, oh, man, brief the guy. Like, <laughs> WWE can't have a PR guy, like, tell him right before. I'm, He's got other stuff to do. Here's the thing, Sean. Pretty sure they did right before, yes. and he still said it. <laughs> That's a good point. I mean, That's a good point. So, Stephanie puts Ronda through a table, and this was an absolute trash fire of a throw. <laughs> It took Stephanie forever to get around to Rhonda. And now maybe it's the MMA in me that that recognizes this, but any normal human being that took that long would have been murdered, mm-hmm. slaughtered, yeah. maimed at the very least. Yeah. Because, I mean, Stephanie took her sweet time. Rhonda didn't sell it well, but Stephanie fumbled about. I liked, <laughs> despite, you know, a lot of people said that Rousey messed up her line. Kurt Angle definitely messed up a line, and I didn't like the Stephanie thing. All in all, I, re- I really didn't mind it. I thought it was fine. Yeah, no, I'm 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 fine with with this with this um, change in direction, especially for this particular thing. But I mean, if they they want to be presented more as a sport, um, they need to stop being like wrestling journalism isn't a thing. <laughs> because if it isn't. Then who's did, taking, did they still go this way? Did they no, do that again tonight? No, but they, but they, but they have been. I mean, like maybe, maybe, maybe they, maybe they've sworn off of it for tonight and tonight only. Maybe it's sworn off of it as of yesterday or whatever. But they keep doing that kind of stuff. Uh, and then, well, who are the people who are like holding the tape recorders in front of William Regal during all of his press conferences in his office? Who are the people taking photographs of of? Triple H and Kurt Angle standing next to each other. I mean, come on. I mean, it's either entertainment or it's, or it's, or it's a sport or it's both. It's sports entertainment. But um, I don't know. It, it was just a very odd thing to, to see. It's fine if this is like a, a change of direction. If it's for one night only, I'm like, uh, okay, guys, you had this. This was, a, this was all a ruse to get a couple of tables out there. They should have set that table up, planted a laptop on it, visited FightfulSelect.com and placed their subscription. That's what they should have done. Bailey defeated Sonya Deville with absolution. Uh, the horrible plastic fallopian tube-looking trophy is ringside. They had to make that thing in a hurry, though. By the way, Sarah Stock, known as uh, Sarita in TNA, produced this match. Bailey clobbered Deville with a clothesline pretty early that I thought looked pretty good. You see the glimpses of of brilliance in Deville, but She's just not there yet. She's got to develop herself as a character. There was one spot I particularly loathed in this match, and it was when Bailey hit a crossbody press off the top rope and landed on a flat back Sonya Deville and didn't pin her. I'm sure that what was supposed to happen was Bailey was supposed to get a little more momentum and roll off. But in that situation, you have to read the room and go for the pinfall. That's one of the first things you're taught at, at a good wrestling school is if your opponent's shoulders are on the mat, you pin them. If they're just laying there, you pin them. That's the point of the entire match is to get your opponent's shoulders on the mat, whether you slip on a banana peel or you hit your finish. Jonathan Coachman appropriately ripped Bailey a new ass for that one because it should have happened like that. It 
it just it's it's bad wrestling. If I remember correctly, immediately after that, Bailey got up, ran, and and hit like a, a running knee off the ropes. So it was like a combin. Which then she went for the pin. So it was maybe she was like Bailey read Sonya and said, "I'm not going to get a pin on this. I'm going to hit her with something else, then go for the pin." Nah, bad you wrestling, know, man. The shoulder playing, shoulders are on the mat. Playing devil's advocate, I I I didn't notice. I wa- I watched the same thing. Didn't notice it the way same way you did. I liked the running knee she hit afterward. I mean, I like the running knee just fine, but if you have an opponent's shoulders on the mat, you pin them. Sure. Because that's the point of the match. Sure. Sonya gets rolled up for a pin. Uh, I liked her pinning combination that she set up uh, with with the the hip lock into the pin, but didn't get it. She got rolled up right after that page. It's it's just such a bummer that they can't even have her throw kicks. Like, she can't stomp away. She's got a vank just evaporate into the night mm-hmm. it's a bummer it's it's a real bummer yeah sasha banks makes the save and tosses absolution over the top rope in what i thought was hilarious <laughs> she goes raise my hand raise my hand i was like du what i was like this is so delusional i like it <laughs> i just but i i you had the same reaction that bailey did Wait a <laughs> What what now? What am I supposed to do? Uh this yeah, this was this was fine. I, I I like this. Um I I think it's um talking about the the women's segments uh tonight, um, these two, along with Rousey. I don't know how they get there, but Rousey as like just murderous, like si- silent but murderous with Paige as her mouthpiece. And Sonia and Mandy as her as her like underlings to back her up is a really great faction. Nah, they ain't doing that. I know they're I... not. But 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 Ra- Rousey speaking less. The way that when when Brock Lesnar talks, it means something. As opposed, and I just trying to find a way for for Paige to manage somebody who's not Sonia Deville or Mandy Rose, but who actually has a chance of going somewhere. And who do, and who actually would need somebody to talk for them because I do think that Paige is really great on the mic. I, I don't think Ronda Rousey needs anybody to talk for her based on what I've heard since that first night. Also, if they're going to put somebody with her, it's going to be Shayna Baszler. True. In company that that's who that's who's going to be true. with her. That's true. So, I love when they're arguing that Sasha grabs Bailey's face. That's such a nice just a point of disrespect. Um, you remember the day you watched Dave Chappelle show, right? Sure. One of the most disrespectful things I ever saw was the wrap it up segment mm-hmm. where the guy from Half Baked. Yes. I think I think he's talking to his lawyer or something. And he puts his fingers on her head and pushes it, and I was like, "Ooh, yeah." Like that's that's just a good little one. And uh, Sasha played that perfectly. I thought Absolution came back in. Mandy hits her finish on Sasha. Uh, Sonya beats up Bailey, hits her kick as well. They're trying to give the illusion that one of these two women can win, but we'll see. I mean, can win the the battle royal? Yes. But as in Sonia or Mandy or Bailey yeah. or Sasha? Yeah, they're What's trying the to make things. Oh, no, the, here's the thing. There's this, this is the thing with the battle royals. The battle royals are stock full of people who can't possibly win the battle royal. Oh yeah. Well, there mm-hmm. there's three pretty good goddamn candidates in this one. There's. Becky yep. Lynch and there's yep. Sasha and Bailey. And quite frankly, what I think a lot of people are saying, oh, Bailey should get Sasha back. I'm like, no, no. If they're not in a singles match, 
they should brawl at the expense of one another. And I think it'd be even more poetic if Becky Lynch had eliminated both of them to win. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and it, and as you as you said uh, this week, um, when you announced that WrestleMania is a total of seven hours, and then you also say there's no time for a Bailey versus Sasha match, and also there's no build. Like we gotta we gotta wait for a build. No, this has been simmering yeah. literally forever. Um, and you could give these two 12, 12 minutes, and you know take out some time where you know people walk to the ring forever. I don't know. Seven hours. Seven hours. There's room. There's room. There is room. We see a great Asuka by the numbers video about her street. WWE is just so so great at this stuff. Just phenomenal. I noticed uh, they left out the part where Eva Marie eliminated her from a battle royal. Who gives a shit? Listen, I give a shit because the, the mixed match challenge has been ruined by this whole... Even if she's not the person in the tag match who gets pinned, her streak ends... That's okay, well, even, even if that counted as a loss, her unbeaten streak has gone well beyond. Oh, that's what that's fine. But I mean, that's not a loss. It's never been a loss. For the love of God, when people I, I remember, gosh, there were people arguing in little crap shows that I did, like, oh, I'm not getting eliminated by him. And I was like, shut the fuck up. It's <laughs> going over the top rope, you mark. I hate to use that term, but some people or marks themselves. Anybody can get tossed over a top rope. It happens all the damn time. Right. I don't care about that. Um, okay, Alex. Our pre-show matches have been announced. They have. The two, hold on, wait. The women's battle royal. The men's battle royal. And Mustafa Ali versus Cedric Alexander. I give you 90 seconds to rant about this. Starting now. I'm not... I'm not going to rant because I accepted it at this point. I can't I can't see the timer, man. I can't see it. Oh now 10. You're wasting 11, time. 12, 13. Okay. Um I had accepted they were going to be on the pre-show. Cocky now. Um recently and I'm fine with it as long as they don't wind up in front of 500 people. But if somebody reminded me like Aries and Neville, they were on first. They were in front of an almost full house, but the house didn't wasn't into it. I think a lot of it was because it was bright daylight outside. That's not going to be the case here. It's an indoor stadium. It's going to feel like a real show starting out that way. I, I don't like think daylight. I don't think that they're going to go on first. I think you're going to. I think you're going to do battle royals back to back. I think the Dre starts it out first, then Ced, Cedric and Ali, and then the women's battle royal finishes the pre-show. Um, but these two deserve at least to be put on the damn DVD. If the I, I wouldn't mind them being on the pre-show if the WWE hadn't signified to me for several years that the pre-show doesn't matter. If you say it matters, WWE, then we all know it matters. So start treating it as though it does. Because these two guys have been amazing. Mustafa Ali hit another amazing promo over the weekend. Like almost four minutes, he told an allegory that had to do with an Edgar Allan Poe story, the Telltale Heart. Like it's this amazing thing. They're doing such great work to be rewarded. They do. However, this does mean that the Usos get on the main card. And I think oh. above anybody on that pre-show, these two guys deserve to be on the main card, especially after the promo they cut about not being on the main card. And that makes me very, very happy. You're right. I think they'll go battle royal, cruiserweight, battle royal. Um, I think that's the way to go there. Selfie promo of Mickey James and Alexa Bliss saying that Nia Jax is a face for radio. 
which led me to think Mickey James has probably been hoping the last several years that she had a voice for radio. Mm. Yin Yang twins were there backstage to support her. They've got a song out. It is bad. It's bad. And I was a Yin Yang twins fan back in the day. Wonder if WWE remembers the Piggy James stuff. Anyway, Kurt Angle goes to Paul Heyman and Roman Reigns. They don't. Yeah, Kurt Angle goes to Paul Heyman and Roman Reigns individually and asks them not to say or do anything that would cost him his Raw main event for WrestleMania. Both are dicks to him. Yeah. No respect for Kurt. (laughs) Roman even says, "Go to the pawn shop that you sold your gold medals at." And I'm like, "Sir, what did he do to you?" Uh, Yeah. Like my God, I, I think he's still upset that Kurt took his place in the Shield match when Roman had the mumps, and he's like, "I'll never forgive you for taking my spot in the Shield." Yeah, maybe I don't know. Well, fortunately, we've got plenty of spots over at FightfulSelect.com where he can subscribe now for exclusive podcasts. Seth Rollins defeated Finn Balor. This match was awesome. Tyson Kidd produced this match, which actually got a lot of attention when I tweeted that. Uh, today and a lot of people really really happy to see that Tyson Kidd is doing well and boy is he because this was awesome also awesome Miz that goddamn monster was on TV he does commentary a lot of respect for him to show uh, for showing up but he touched me emotionally with the way that he spoke about his child and you almost disgust me with the joy that is on your face as you relive it, because I know that you can relate to such. Uh, he's right, man. Gimmick. Be- becoming a dad changes you. It really does. Um, it certainly has changed me. I don't know if like, Miz's actual gimmick on, on screen is going to change him, but I guarantee you the actual guy, Mike Mizanin, is a different person than even Mizanin. Mizanin. Excuse me. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's actually really interesting to see, like, because there are so many people, I'm pretty sure probably Vince McMahon too. Yeah. Really hate the people who were like, man, I love my kids. And this is the thing. My, my, my daughter did the cutest thing today. There are people who hate that guy. Um, so, uh, maybe that makes Miz even more of a heel in their eyes. But to me, this is Miz being a baby face because I totally relate. I mean, I think that overly parental Miz is a perfect thing for him. Like, yeah. you're going to get the crowd to heal on a child at some point. Like, he's going to be like, would you guys shut up? My kid is backstage with my wife, and he is snap- He's napping right now. Mm-hmm. And the crowd just blows up. Oh, my God. After the commercial break, this devolves into a straight-up fight. It's a good one. Besides when Balor, that bastard, robs us of not one but two Falcon Arrows. Although I love the way that they played off of the last match, which ended in him uh, hitting a small package on Rollins after the Falcon Arrow, and he tried it again. thought that was such a great callback to their previous match. Yep. Super kick, ripcord, knee had me, and I think had everybody else sold as a finish too, at least in the crowd. Rollins eats uh, knees on a frog splash for two. Uh, they also tease running back the SummerSlam 2016 spot. Yeah. That was so good. That was so good. In matches with no stakes, these two get me into them. And that shows you. That's what really, really good wrestling can do. This happened in the gauntlet match, too. No stakes, really no reason. But I was so into it. Uh, a series of counters lead to the curb stomp and a win for Rollins. This was just good stuff, man. 
this was great. I mean, I tweeted out like if 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 what they're planning on doing is is having Miz lose to one of these two guys on Sunday and take a couple of steps back and and have a chance to actually be a be a dad for for first couple of months of his daughter's life, um, which which I think would be great. Then sign me up for these two guys having singles matches every every Monday and building to pay per view matches because these guys work fantastic together. I knew during that SummerSlam match that, that Balor got hurt in, like, ooh, these guys are going to have some great matches ahead. And then Balor got hurt, and they kind of rolled this, rolled it all back. Yeah. And now, I mean, that spot where where Rollins was going to hurt him again on the barricade, like, was throwing caution to the wind. Yes. Like, I thought, wow, which means. They're they're not doing that spot at Mania, which means they're doing something better than that spot at Mania. I'm like I'm I'm in. Like I can't wait for this match on Sunday. And if Miz ends up losing and taking time off to be with his child after WrestleMania, good for him. That gives him more time to subscribe to FightfulSelect.com, where he can check out exclusive podcasts every week. The Bar come out for a promo. They're followed by Braun Strowman. Braun teases that he has a partner, but the partner wants a match with a member of the Bar. And that his partner is a lot like him. He comes back out in a shirt and thick rim glasses and beats up the bar. He is Brains Strowman. I see you grinning over this shark jumping bullshit. Now, I just want to specify that in the script that I was given for this, in parentheses it said, not Dudley Boy's glasses. These were Dudley Boy, these were Dudley Boy's glasses. They were. There were. Oh my God, Corey Graves was phenomenal in this rather stupid ass segment. <laughs> also, I want to say I, I forgot to mention this. Coachman on commentary tonight ruled. He brought up to the Miz the positives and negatives of him having a child about um, if it would take his focus off things or if it would alleviate some of the distraction. Because Maurice's original due date was this Friday. Shout out to Jonathan Coachman for that. That was brilliant storytelling on commentary. Corey Graves reacting to this horrible segment, though. Uh, very funny. You are the wrongest you have ever been about this. About anything. No. If, if this were anybody else, you'd be shitting all over it. Of you course would, I would. You would pull out the glass table, make us all get underneath, and you would take a dump right on it, Alex. <laughs> of course I would. Of course I would. Do you remember how, how good this guy is? He's great. He, he went backstage for a costume change. He was he was Braun Strowman, and then he was Brain Strowman. That's that's next level. Like he's so so good. He's the best professional wrestler in the history of the medium. I disagree. <laughs> this segment. Was shark jumping? Bullshit. Oh, oh my god, you're so wrong about this. This was bad. <laughs> Backstage, Kurt Hawkins shows up, asked to be Braun's partner. Braun's like, "What's your win loss record look like?" He's like, "Well, about that." And he's rewarded with rewarded by being tossed through a drywall. <laughs> and he goes, "There's your big break." This was phenomenal. This was great. Oh, yeah, this was great. This was great, too. I mean, like, listen, the whole thing is that I, I look at everything around Braun as a package. Like, when he came out and he said, I got my partner, I'm going to go get him. Oh, he's a lot like me. I was like, please just come out wearing a wig or, like, a, a, some, some, a, fo- a fake nose 
and he came out with the glasses and the shirt. I mean, that's and listen, you, you was, asked me not to tell you beforehand. Yes, are are you disappointed or happy that I didn't? Oh, I'm I'm so happy that I that so I found funny. out when I when I did so because li- listen, I was actually saying, please just let it be brawn in a costume, and it was brawn in a costume. Maybe it's the fact that I that I called it like five seconds before it happened that made me so happy. But I'm I'm not too proud to say that I love this. Your bias is obscene, obscene <laughs> at this point. A couple of weeks ago, I had somebody say, "I think Alex brought up Braun as a solution to every segment on the show." And I was it's like, "Possible." I think the geez. guy's great. Uh, after a couple of backstage promos about the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, we join a Matt Hardy versus Goldust match in progress. I saw both of these guys wrestling in WWE in 1995. Yep. It is 2008. That is impressive. That is very, very impressive. Goldust still has a great power slam, a decent spine buster. Counters a tri- twist of fate with a roll-up, but ends up eating one instead. Then Matt Hardy takes a look at the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal trophy and says, the ultimate procurement is upon us. What do you think about this? Kind of biding his time. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm 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 in I'm into it. This is the same exact thing that he was doing. Um, when they right before he and Jeff left TNA, they were doing this thing where they were going to other other promotions and procuring all of their gold in like he was winning like small independent league tag belts and coming back to TNA with them. And he would he would shout procure 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 like he's bringing everything back, which is fine. This is this is great. I, I, I'm I'm a little wary of the way he was fondling the, uh, the the under the giant trophy. If he had been fondling the women's battle royal trophy that way, he could have been brought up for assault. Yeah, that's true. Elliot Stabler would have had his chair turned around backwards <laughs> in that interrogation room right quick. But you know. If it doesn't work out for him at WrestleMania, he can procure a subscription to FightfulSelect.com where he can get new podcasts every week. John Cena comes out, says that he has to go to WrestleMania as a fan, and I loved what he did plugging this, this hole that we have been approaching nonstop. Says that Michael Cole came up to him and said, enter the Battle Royal, get in a triple threat, be Braun's tag partner. And John Cena says, He's lost five straight pay-per-view matches, and he's not going to try to slow somebody else's steam down. The Undertaker versus John Cena wouldn't do that. It's two legends doing battle, not taking a spot. Nobody else was calling out The Undertaker, so why why not him? Alex, I thought that was awesome. Oh, that was great. I, I think it, it makes perfect sense for, for him not to like shoehorn himself into – a triple threat, make it a four-way or whatever, all that stuff. But the Battle Royal, like the Revival's in the Battle Royal. Brizongo's in the Battle Royal. Dolph Ziggler's in the Battle Royal. I'm pretty sure they accept losers. Like, no, like there's a lot of guys in the Battle Royal who haven't been on TV in months. John Cena, you can enter the Battle Royal if, if you want. And it's not like there's, like, like there's a limit. Like only 20 guys are allowed. No, I'm pretty sure it's just like random... Whoever shows up in New Orleans gets to be in the Battle Royal. You'd rather just sit in the front row? I mean, maybe you would. Maybe that's a statement on the Battle Royal. But you can be in the Battle Royal if you want, John. They'll have you. 
I thought he did a good job. No, it's, he yeah, puts yeah. over he puts over WrestleMania, the women on the show, Styles, Daniel Bryan. We get Cena chance after he says that he's disappointed that the Undertaker in the Undertaker, and that although Taker left his hat in the ring, he left his balls at home. Well, judging on the look of that women's trophy, he could get new balls if he won the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Because I'm surprised they don't just have a saggy sack made mm-hmm. of gold. Yeah, as that Cena got some Cena chance for a promo on the Undertaker. That's yeah, pretty good for him. It's weird. Like, there's a guy who, as far as we know, retired last last year and wants to stay retired. And there's this other guy who's totally entitled and says, I don't want to do anything else but have a match with The Undertaker, and that's it. So have a fight with me, Undertaker. And we're like, yeah, yeah, old guy. Risk your health to fight this other guy that we like. It just is a weird thing to like be chanting about. Um, if Undertaker wants to stay retired, he he she's allowed. Yeah, he he's is allowed. allowed to. Like that's John. He's an old guy who doesn't want to hurt his hips anymore. <laughs> Let him stay retired. So, you know, I, I was waiting for the bell to toll, waiting I was, for I waiting was for the dong. Yep, just eagerly anticipating the dong. Mm-hmm. It didn't. The dong didn't come. The dong. We went dongless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nothing. So so my, my thing is that if if we're waiting until Mania, does John Cena get a final in-ring segment, like midway through the third act of the show, like coming out and saying, one more time, just anybody? And then well, we get it? Like... Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. 
don't so know. given the condition of the Undertaker, we don't know what that is. I had often pitched uh, if the Undertaker can't wrestle anymore, he just shows up and choke slams somebody. However, yeah. that would be done without any buildup. That's a surprise. That's right. The Rock coming back a couple years ago and beating Eric Rowan. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking like five weeks of build. That's what this has been. This has been a build for a match that might not happen, might happen, who knows. Uh, I don't think they do it on SmackDown, but I could be wrong. They could do it on SmackDown. I don't think they wait as long as Kid Rock's Hall of Fame induction. (laughs) But you think they really go into a WrestleMania with nothing promoted? But And, you know, the anticipation's building. The the speculation is building. Here we are talking about it. But yeah, seems... It's Monday. Nobody knows what's going to happen on WrestleMania as far as, far as seeing Undertaker uh, goes. I, 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 I don't think they're doing all this and to not have Undertaker show up and, and, and do something if it's not wrestle a full match. Um, but the, the good thing about everything that's going on is that the card is stacked without this match. Yeah. And Daniel Bryan's having his first match back in three years. Like This thing is – people are going to be tuning in already. So then – you don't need to like get other people to tune in who weren't going to be tuning sure. in to see The Undertaker versus John Cena. They're already watching. So an extra little surprise, that's not such a bad thing. You know, it's kind of a gift and a curse, this FightfulSelect.com, because I'm pretty sure The Undertaker is glued to his computer right now watching my review of WWF Backlash 1999 where he faced Ken Shamrock. You all can subscribe now. Elias defeated Heath Slater. Elias trashes Atlanta. He's interrupted by Slater. No way. Elias takes it to Heath, gets caught with a couple of nice kicks, but then he hits one of his best drift aways that I've seen for the win. His hair is getting majestic, he being yeah. Elias. Yeah. It's looking real it good is. these days. It's a full-on mane of hair. Oh, yeah. That's it. That's all there was there. Yeah, it's Not- like, like, I mean, I'm, I'm anticipating him coming out, singing a song, getting rock-bottomed, or something like that. Like, he's sure. going to be the guy who takes the Legends finisher after he does a great in-ring promo with his song and trashes New Orleans. Nia Jack's interview, I thought she was very good in this interview, despite that they made her wear her goddamn gear. What? This does is- she wear pleather all the time? Pleather all the time, and also it covers every inch of her. Because, like, like we've seen her on, like, Total Divas and on her social media she's a former model and she looks like it. Um, like they're like her face is a face for radio. No one's saying Nia Jax is ugly. People are saying that she's bigger than most of the women that she faces, which is absolutely true, but it's just a weird thing to be like, you're so ugly. Like, no, she's not. She's, she, she made a, had, had a very long career and a very fine career in, in plus size modeling. She, she's a beautiful woman. It's weird. Yeah, I, I thought she did great in this interview. Of course, having Renee Young always a positive. Yeah. She helps really guide things. But then putting her in gear, Naya, my friend, subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. Four months of that $10 tier, we'll send you a T-shirt. My God. It's, it's standard. Standard. Asuka and Dana Brooke defeated Mickey James and Alexa Bliss. Dana Brooke works the lion's share of this match, and I thought this was one of her best performances yeah. in WWE, in NXT, anywhere. The The Truth is, she's been on the main roster for two years, and she is only now where she needed to be two years ago. And I'm talking like, she's only now where she needed to be two years ago for it to have been a stretch to call her up. Yeah. 
So two years ago, she was way behind, and that has hurt her very badly in the long run. Yeah. Because they, they could have helped her so much at the Performance Center in two years. She could have had some good stuff under her belt. Yeah, I think, unfortunately, it, it's appeared at the time that they called her up with Emma to have them do their Emma and Dana shtick from NXT on the main roster, and Emma almost immediately got hurt and was out yeah. forever. And it just didn't work for her by herself at all. They tried to team with Charlotte. That didn't work. Emma probably competing for the uh, Women of Honor Championship on Saturday. Super, Super Card of Honor. It's worked pretty well for her thus far uh, on the indie circuit. I hear she's doing very well, like, like as, as a draw on the independent circuit, there's a good chance she might become one of the first big female draws on the American independent circuit. And that's, that's pretty damn cool. Yeah. This entire match is Dana Brooke selling until a hot tag to Oscar. All in all, I think Dana did fine, which mm-hmm. is a ringing endorsement of her. Oscar hits Mickey with a big series of strikes, taps her out. Oscar and Dana are both attacked by the heels, including a, a nice double impaler DDT on Dana Brooke. Nia makes the save, but Mickey causes a distraction long enough to get beaten up and uh, lets Alexa get away. What do you think of the post-match brawl, including that sweet DDT? Hey, your boy knows a good impaler DDT when he sees one. Yeah, uh, this is this is this is fine. Good sets up Nia uh, versus Alexa. Well, uh, look make, makes Nia look you know very impressive. She's as scary as a babyface as she is as a heel. That's really good. I like that a lot. I, I will say, um, I love that they kept bringing this up and they kept on hitting, hammering it home. Oscar's streak is on the line. Oscar could, if uh, if Dana Brooke tap, taps out here, then Oscar's her streak's lost. Which, to me, I don't think is how it should work. And Good. if it does work that way, why would Oscar ever agree to be in this tag no match kidding, with right? Dana Brooke, who could tap out to anything at any time? Or get pinned by anything at any time because she's Dana Brooke. Um, the other thing is that by having it be that way, so that she and the Miz are on the mixed match challenge, and those matches apparently count toward her streak. If the Miz two weeks ago had been pinned by Braun Strowman, Asuka would have lost her streak. That makes zero sense. But fine, it just it just telegraphs the fact that tomorrow night. When The Miz and Asuka face Charlotte and Bobby Roode, The Miz and Asuka are going to win because you're not going to have Asuka lose her streak five days before she has her streak on the line against Charlotte. They really booked themselves into a corner with the Mixed Match Challenge, and it kind of sucks that they neutered, which was a really fun tournament up until this point. Main event segment, Paul Heyman, Brock Lesnar. They are joined by just a host of guys from the tag team division on the ramp who are are there to prevent anything catastrophic from happening. Heyman said this will be the last time you see Lesnar on Raw, He's under, but he is under contract to like August. Also, he mentions that Lesnar's going to be in the UFC. Worth noting, he's still got six months of a USADA suspension. He calls Reigns Lesnar's bitch. This brings out Reigns, who tells the rest of the wrestlers protecting Lesnar that they're protecting a part-timer who just trashed them. They let him through. This is another effort to make Roman Reigns seem like one of the boys. They, they're really trying to pass down The Undertaker, everything about The Undertaker to him, outside of the supernatural activity. The locker room leader, this is his yard, yada, yada. 
Lesnar powders out and grabs a chair, but Roman lands four Superman punches. He celebrates, gets caught with an F5, but we go off the air. I'm going to be honest. Despite this segment, it was pretty good. I was still waiting on a goddamn dong. Yeah. I was thinking, dong hits, lights come back on, everybody's gone, and you just hear dead man walking, and that's it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that, to me, maybe not to everybody else, to me, that overshadowed it a little bit. The question marks surrounding The Undertaker. Now, not everybody even thought that was possible, but to me, I thought so. Yeah, um, this this was a perfectly fine segment that did absolutely nothing to make me want to see this match more or less. You know, like, this was, okay, great. And, like, if, if you're going into this match thinking, oh, gosh, there's really no way Roman Reigns can beat Brock Lesnar this weekend, then I don't know what to say. You know, like, so having Brock take four or... I thought somebody told me it was five Superman punches and then um, be able to get up and hit the F5 and that keeps Roman down for the count. Oh, how will Roman ever overcome? Like, okay, we we get it. I'm looking forward to this match. You don't have to hammer this point home over and over again several weeks in a row. Um, but this match should be great. Like, let, let him go seven and a half to nine minutes in a sprint beating the hell out of each other. Let let him be do that. Don't don't fool yourselves into thinking it's got to be twenty five minutes of Roman selling followed by a comeback for the win. Like I, I I don't need that. Like I want these guys to 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 go to make a, a sprint of two big horses. That'll be great. So it's time to make predictions for this weekend shows. For you, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have you predict. NXT TakeOver and WrestleMania 34. Let's go ahead and get an NXT TakeOver. Non-sanctioned match, Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa. I thought NXT did a supreme job filming this outside where they could hold it off on TV. They are really good at that. Hear more of my great NXT takes on FightfulSelect.com. Subscribe now. If Johnny Gargano wins, he's back in NXT. Cool way to get around all this. Ciampa hasn't wrestled since since the night of the turn. How do you think it goes? <clears throat> if Johnny Gargano wins, he's back in NXT. To me, that stipulation kind of muddies it. Cause I was thinking, Oh, Johnny got to win this. He's got to win this. He, he loses everything. It's a perfect match for him to win, but I don't, I feel like they're ready for him to move on. So I don't know. I mean, listen, either way, this this match has is, is been built up forever. Like go back to their CWC match where 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 Ciampa thinks better of ending the life of Johnny Gargano, and instead of pulling the knee pad down for his knee finisher, he pulls it back up and he thinks better of it. And because he, he hesitates, Johnny Gargano gets the roll-up for the win. Like, and then afterwards, Ciampa won't shake his hand. But then he comes back and puts his arm around him. Like, this has been building forever and ever and ever and ever. Even before the, the heel turn. This is going to be a match with, with un, un, amazing, unreal amount of stakes. In that, in that case, I, I got to say, Johnny has to win this. Otherwise, he loses every match that he's in. Yes, I, I would agree. Johnny Gargano, I have winning this. 
NXT North American Championship ladder match. This is going to be an interesting ladder match because so many of the components are not typical ladder match ingredients. The debuting EC3, the debuting Ricochet, Adam Cole, Lars Sullivan, Velveteen Dream, Killian Dane. EC3 cut one hell of an intro promo last week. Ricochet made his presence felt by just walking out of a door. Killian Dane, Lars Sullivan, they're there. They're there. Adam Cole will be a story because he's pulling double duty. Velveteen Dream has quiet, I don't know about quietly, but quickly developed into one of the most exciting workers in the world, in my opinion. Who do you think wins this? Because I think they go the EC3 route right off the bat. Um, I think that Ricochet is in position to win mm-hmm. and is is taken out by EC3, who then wins it. I think that's your first feud over that belt. Um, if they have EC3 lose in that fashion too, and him turn maniacal over this, because this whole deal is that he's an entitled character, mm-hmm. I think that could work too. Yeah this this match this match is going to be all kinds of amazing. Like I, I still don't even know what what the what the hell's going to go on with Adam Cole. Like him pulling double duty is like a it's a is a weird red herring. To me, like they might figure out a way for him to to not do one of these things or something. Like, yeah. oh, he was injured in the tag match. Now, who's going to be his replacement? <gasps> Surprise thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's a lot of stuff they could do with this because it's NXT and they, they should. Really, they can do whatever they want. They're NXT. Well, shout out to NXT for not stripping or vacating the title. Yeah. Uh, that being undisputed error because of Bobby Fish's injury. You got three guys in the group. Go ahead. Yeah. Let them let them do what they got to do. They defend against Authors of Pain, Roderick Strong, and Pete Dunn. This is for the NXT Tag Team Championship and the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. Normally, I'd go with Authors of Pain because I, quite frankly, I think they should be champions forever. If I'm WWE, I'm bringing up Authors of Pain immediately. I'm sticking them with Samoa Joe, and I have your God-level heels. Mm-hmm. So... I'm going to go with Undisputed Era retaining. But see, I, I don't know if they would want to go with Cole and O'Reilly there. Strong and Dunn, I don't know if they would go that route because Dunn's got a championship. I don't know if they would want those two to tag. Ah, Ultimately, I'm going to go with Undisputed Era retaining. Yeah, I feel like they're going to retain. Um, and I feel like... I feel like it's a possibility they retain and then Adam Cole begs off of the other match. Because, you know, like, ah, I'm injured. William Regal, you can't make me go. I just, yeah. just, you know, like, whatever. Something like that. I agree with you. Authors of Pain is absolutely a Raw after Mania call-up. Like, to me, like, that's a that's a no-brainer. Um, and I think that something in this match causes uh, Strong and Dunn to go, to, to fall apart as a team. And they, they start a little thing over the UK Championship because their stuff has been really great. I like their, like, hesitant respect they have for each other. But you know that that's very, very tenuous. Um, by the way, low-key, just, like, uh, doing my, my catch-up of stuff of the, over the past since uh, Royal Rumble. Um, like, Pete Dunne is a star. That guy yeah, is, is so, so good. If he was, like, six foot four... He'd be a top two guy in this company. Like he should so, be on two hundred five so live now, now, now. Ember Moon versus Shayna Baszler. There's a cloud of Ronda Rousey on this because Shayna Baszler could win this, become NXT champion, continue a great feud. I could see it now. Ember Moon jumps off with the Eclipse, gets caught in the rear naked choke. That's it. 
or maybe to appease a Ronda Rousey, they're like, all right, go ahead and bring up Shayna Baszler too. Mm-hmm. We'll get that thing going. However, I get the feeling uh, some other friends will soon be added to that performance center. So do you want to take her away from there when she could help them so much? There's there's a lot of like internal questions in regards to this. Either way, I think it's going to be an awesome match. Who do you have winning? I think Baszler takes it. And I think I think I would not be surprised to see Ember Moon like added to like SmackDown or something. Um, just because especially if Asuka winds up there have, mm-hmm. beating beating Charlotte and Asuka becomes a champion, Ember Moon showing up to say, Hey, remember me? Like that's that that'd be really great. I'd watch that on Tuesdays. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of stuff to do. Like NXT, what I love about NXT so much right now is all of these matches I go. I don't know, man. Yeah. There's a lot to like, and that's what I love about wrestling is where I don't know who's going to win. It's the best. It's the it's, best. It's and that's the best. It really that's the is. case with every single match on this card, maybe except Gargano and Ciampa, because I think yeah. that they will provide a happy but, ending for but Gargano. You and could convince me that Ciampa wins. Yeah. And Gargano shows up on 205 Live and becomes the next champ. Sure. Like, you could absolutely convince me of that. Andrade seeing Almas, Aleister Black. Quite frankly, I think the build to this has been bad. I haven't liked the build to it at all. The Aleister Black promo about Zelina being short, I was like, eh. That was out of character for him. So dumb. He's better seen and not heard. However, this match is going to rule. It's going to be a great match. Especially Uh, when you consider that it was Black's first match versus Andrade when he he debuted. Like, there's a lot of history between these two. I, I like that a lot. And the beauty of Andrade seeing Almas is they can run back matches four or five times with him, and they're always just as good. Uh, my cousin just started taking in WWE again, and I sent him that match uh, between Almas and Gargano, and he was like, my God. He had no clue who they were, was invested in both of them by the end of the match. Oh, my God, I can't wait to see the transitions in and out of the Black Mass. Yeah. Holy crap. Who do you think takes this one? <laughs> I don't know. Like this is like so. Like this is one of those things where, for so many takeovers in a row, the build to the NXT Championship match has been the build. Yeah, and this has been like, oh, yeah, I'd like to see Aleister Black versus Andrade Almas, but I don't really have any reason why that's like a must see, except for the fact that I like these two guys as competitors. Um, so I think the match is going to be amazing, but. Like, I could honestly see either outcome leading to a lot of different things because each guy has a host of possible challengers. And that's that's what I love is that I honestly don't know if this flat feud continues or whatever. Drew McIntyre is going to be back at some point. You know, like, there's a lot of like a lot of guys out there. Everybody who's, who's in that North American title picture, there's all kinds of stuff. Uh, I think that there's, there's, there's more they can do with Almas. And... It all depends on what they want to do with Aleister Black because I know they love him. He, they do love him a lot. He's, he's main roster ready. So if he yes, loses, he, he could show up on Raw on two nights later. Like, what more does he need from a Mike perspective? Like, he's not the kind of guy. The, like, what? Like my my best friend who loves wrestling too uh, says his dream partner for Braun Strowman is Aleister Black. I'm like, I don't think that's ever going to happen. But what a great yeah. idea of like, well, now he shows up. Holy hell, how are you going to beat those two guys? You know, Somebody in our chat says they're advertising almost as an NXT champ for NXT Live in May. That doesn't matter. They no. they disregard they a lot of that stuff. Time. 
So that's NXT. Uh, by the way, guys, I will talk briefly about Sakura Genesis after our WrestleMania predictions, but we'll kind of speed through these. Yeah. Usos, Bludgeon Brothers, New Day. Ah, I think Usos win pinning New Day and get their moment, but I think the Bludgeon Brothers' time is coming very, very soon. I, I would so not be surprised to see the Bludgeon Brothers win this. I wouldn't either. Yeah. I, I would also not be surprised to see Rusev win the WWE United States Championship because I better believe they added him for a reason. Yeah. Well, here's the thing is they, they added him. So there's a place for the new, for the Rusev Day chants. Because if he's not on the card, those chants are happening during other matches. Now they're happening here. And yeah. I think they're rewarding him for his incredible merch sales. You know, like they are. That, that was the reason. Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Who's taking it? Who cares? To like tell, even tell. even the most logical of decisions never matters. That you sure. think you would think maybe Ziggler, maybe maybe Matt Hardy. I th- I think I think Big Cass returns, and I think he takes it. Sure, why, why not? not? We'll go with Big Cass. Alexa Bliss, Nia Jax. I think Nia Jax beats her in about a minute. I think Nia Jax. I think Nia Jax beats her in under five. I'll say that. I think yeah. she should absolutely. I think she should do exactly what she said she did. She would do and squash her like a bug. Yeah. Cedric Alexander, Mustafa Ali. Mustafa Ali has put in the legwork with the promos. Cedric, however, they're building him up as he's never been able to do it. However, if Mustafa wins this, you could do one of two things. Cedric wins it, it's your feel-good moment. If Mustafa wins this, Cedric snaps. Yeah. And you get some more le- you get some more body out of this program. Uh, how do you think it goes? Um, I I, I oh gosh. I honestly, I don't, I don't know. It's one of those, one of those things on this car ride. I honestly don't know, and I'd be happy for either guy. But Mustafa, like, there's, there's a, there's a, there's something building with this guy. Like, it's such an amazing story that he has that they could totally cash in on. Um, and, and I, I agree that I think there's a something great there that in his promo where he's like, Cedric, you expect to win, and that is your biggest downfall. I think that's a really cool story they can tell, not only within this match, but also afterwards, uh, if Mustafa wins, Cedric being like, I, I'm supposed to win this. I'm supposed to win this. Why didn't I win? That would be amazing. So I, I'm, I'm picking Mustafa. Raw Tag Team Championship, the bar against Braun Strowman and TBA. Who do you think the partner's going to be? Who do you think wins? Personally, I'm going to take a flyer. No insight on this one. James Ellsworth, yes, they win. Uh, I'm I'm gonna say Big Show because of his little thing of like, hey, by the way, I've been signed since January. Ha ha! I'm here, and he's been he's been a, a, a announced for April 27th, which means I'm pretty sure he's ready now. Um, so I'm gonna say Big Show, and he can see you can talk about it on the Raw afterwards. Like we we forged a respect when he threw me through that cage wall. I don't blame him. He's just yeah. he's just a big dude. And yes, if he's back and he's back for multi years. Absolutely. Braun and Big Show? Yeah, they're your tag team champions. I mean, Braun wrote Big Show off, though, so I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, who knows? Miz, Seth Rollins, Finn Balor. I'm going to go with Miz winning because Rollins and Balor had this competitive thing with each other, but I think the Miz maybe loses it the next night on Raw because he's going to be there. But I, I think they'll do that just so every title doesn't change hands on this show. Yeah, that's true. There are going to be a lot of title changes, I think. Um, so, yeah. Because I th- I th- they've had this friggin' holding pattern for months. 
Charlotte never wrestles anybody. Alexa never wrestles anybody. Brock never wrestles anybody. Uh, they have intercontinental title matches here and there, but the, they, they treat the tag team division like trash. Yeah. Uh, the Usos face the same people all the time and yeah. went under weird circumstances. The, the United States title seen as a snoozer. Yeah. They've had these crap yeah. holding patterns. And the small the smaller pay-per-views are always super predictable. And no cruiserweight champion. <laughs> no, so, exactly. So no, everything the- has been in a holding pattern of nothing. I, I, this, this, this mania card is, is going to be amazing. It's totally stacked. Oh yeah. And I've really hated mania season. Like, like it's been like, uh, there's nothing's happening because they have to hold everything together. Make sure nobody gets injured because God forbid anything goes wrong before mania. Cause that's their big thing. I can't wait for a new season of wrestling to start uh, a week from tonight. Uh, I, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think, I think that, uh, that Miz retained somehow and then loses it the next night. Charlotte versus Asuka. This is one where it's in question because, I mean, who else is going to end Asuka's streak? Yeah. You're going to have Carmella do it, Money in the Bank? No, I don't think you do that. Not not based on the creative that she has had since Money in the Bank. And I don't think that she has it in the ring to carry that kind of heat. No. No. she. Well, if 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 and when Carmella cashes in, she's losing it. She's not going to be able to successfully cash in on either of these women, I don't think. Um, yes, I agree. I, I think that Charlotte ends Asuka's streak, but I don't think she ends it on Sunday. That's what I think. I think Asuka takes the first match, and then Charlotte becomes more heelish because she's always better as a heel anyway, mm-hmm. and that's what she uses underhanded means to get to that point. Yeah, I don't see Asuka and Nakamura both winning or losing. That that's the way that I'm putting it. AJ Styles versus Nakamura. I'm gonna go with Styles winning this round. Yeah, me too. I think so. I, I, I think, think they so do too. it, and I, I think it's gonna disappoint the crowd. I think they'll be happy. I think possibly it goes on last too, because I don't think you close with Roman Reigns winning. Hopefully they've learned their lesson there. Probably not, but yeah, yeah. But Roman Reigns is winning. We've got that prediction out of the way. Oh yeah, that's done. That's yes. done deal. Triple H and Stephanie McMahon, Kurt Angle, Ronda Rousey. Celebrities don't lose at WrestleMania ever. And that, hey, you want to know why, how and why celebrities are undefeated at WrestleMania? Because battle royals don't count. (laughs) Um, The NFL battle royal didn't count. Shaq getting chucked over the top rope didn't count. Yeah, Um, but remember, Ronda Rousey's not a celebrity. She's just like everybody else on the roster. She's a full timer, and yeah. she's here. She doesn't want to be treated any differently. Um, no, uh, yeah, there, there's no way this ends any other way than with Ronda Rousey tapping out Stephanie McMahon. In, in my mind, there's just no other way that that happens. Triple A, or uh, sorry, uh, Shane McMahon and Daniel Bryan against Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Now, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, there, there's a superstar shakeup coming. They could easily go to Raw. Daniel Bryan, I think, could just as easily turn on Shane McMahon. They would be ignorant to go a heel route with Daniel Bryan. However, if he beats the shit out of Shane McMahon, I don't think he's a heel. Shane McMahon is, as Anna referred to him, a taint on SmackDown Live. Here's what I absolutely could see happening. Is Shane flipping out during the match and, and getting on Daniel Bryan for going easy on Sammy and Kevin yeah, and him throwing the first punch at Daniel 
and Daniel turning on him at that point. That's that's a way to to get them to to break up to have Daniel turn on on Shane without Daniel turning on Shane. It's yes. Shane turning on Daniel. They could have it that way. But yes, I, I think you're right uh, because they're not actually fired from the company. They'd be fired from SmackDown, and there's a whole other show where they could go. Oh, yeah. I think it's very possible for for uh, for Sammy and Kevin to lose this. Um, but it's also very possible they win it. You know, so. But if they do win, it's not going to be pinning Daniel Bryan. I don't think that they're going to do that. A lot of people still holding on to the Owens, still owed a universal title rematch. I don't think anybody should be owed any of that stuff. I think they need to get rid of that. It backs them into a corner of making somebody lose twice in a row. However, Tons of podcasts this week, you guys. What's that? I was going to say, if anybody would bring that up, Kevin Owens would yeah, on his would. first night back on Raw. He would bring that up. Yeah, and they could run with it. Sakura Genesis. Here's a couple notes. Uh, Finley's picking up team picking up the win. I thought helped make the push towards uh, his match with Jay White. Also Tanahashi, as you would see later, uh, winning in that match helped him. Tomatonga continued to win. I think he's being positioned as the next Bullet Club leader, given all the fractures in that. Suzuki Goon retained the IWGP Junior Tag Titles, but Lij was made to look strong in that match. The Osprey girl match, a lot of people were thinking it was best match of the year. I disagreed. It was really hard for me to look beyond Will Osprey almost ending his career on a, in one spot. But the match was exceptionally good. A lot of great selling from Osprey. Uh, the story of the match was uh, just the sick botch that almost killed Will Osprey. It was it was really 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 violent. Scroll abandoned a lot of the comedic uh, points that he usually employs in the match. Applied one of the best crossface chicken wings I have ever, ever seen him do. Was really, really good. Osprey hit an os cutter out of nowhere for having his ass kicked thoroughly. Picked up a win. Tons of high spots. Outstanding match, but that one spot uh, kind of hung over everything for me, and it was it was kind of rough. Bullet Clubs. Cody and Hangman Page defeated the Golden Lovers. I thought for sure Golden Lovers were going to win keep portraying the fact that they are up there as the greatest tag team in the world. That didn't happen. But you, you had to push towards this Cody-Kenny Omega match because that is the draw Saturday uh, among a stacked ring of honor card. The Young Bucks come out when Cody's about to jump from the top rope to the outside through a table, and I cackled when Rocky Romero screamed, but whose side are they on? I thought that was brilliant. Bucks leave Cody hanging. Cody gets busted open big time, and... Alex, I don't know if you saw the match, but did you see Disco Inferno getting ripped to shreds on Twitter by Omega and Cody and even his own boy Conan? Co- Cody ruined that man with one tweet. And I mean, oh, oh, Disco's boy. a buddy of mine. I like the guy personally, but I got to admit, I did assign Pat that article just so he could title it Panic at the Disco. <laughs> I was proud of that one. This is why this is why this is my full-time job, you guys. Yeah. Support me, fightfulselect.com. Ibushi eats a sick, insane doomsday drop kick that the announce team, which are usually great, calls the doomsday device. It was a doomsday drop kick, my friends. Um, it was really, really good though. Ibushi gets rolled up and pinned by Cody with the tights held. I don't think there was much of a wrong way to go here as long as Ibushi or Paige got the pin, uh, or got pinned, rather, because the build is Cody and Kenny Omega, and 
if Cody doesn't win next week, then he's he's got to look strong. I don't know that I've ever seen Zack Sabre Jr. better than this match with Okada, and that's saying something because he's been really good at times. His submissions were the story. He deep he went deep into the well for that one. One of my favorites was Sabre hitting a flying guillotine from the second rope, then transitioning. This was just a wonderful example of exciting submission wrestling, especially when you've established so many different holds as being finishes like he has. There's really good pins. Uh, this is textbook old-school wrestling, but at modern-day wrestling main event speed. And that is, I can't understate how good that is. That's what makes Zack Sabre Zack Sabre. He does all the things that catch-as-catch-can wrestlers like myself love to watch, but he does it at a speed that doesn't bore me to sleep. Uh, one of my only qualms with Sabre, though, is him letting go of holds to like lean on them to show that he can do that, as well as him bridging on a triangle attempt. Because if, if you have somebody in a triangle and you bridge – the person will pick you up and just drop you down and break your neck. That's why you tuck your head. You want to retain that posture. Also, you, it helps you pull on the head. If you bridge back, it uh, doesn't allow you to do that. It creates it creates more space for your opponent to get out of the uh, hold. Unless you're trying to transition into an arm bar, then it's okay. Okada hits three Rainmakers for the win, but the last one was rough because he was selling the arm. Great match. After this, this was... Uh, Okada's 11th IWGP heavyweight title defense that ties Tanahashi. Tanahashi came out and challenged him afterwards. And now we're getting Tanahashi Okada for the record at Wrestling Duntaku. I thought that was really good. I didn't see that coming, but it's smart. They know that main event works. There is an immediate story there. Anybody who tells you New Japan can't tell a story, they are full of shit. Because this is one right now. Hiroshi Tanahashi is looking to protect what bit of legacy he has left with that title. Uh, Okada has held the title longer than anybody, but it's taken him over 200 days longer to defend the title as many times. If he holds it past Dominion, he's going to hold it for two years. My God, some really good stuff on this show. Of course, guys, you can subscribe to Fightful Select. This weekend, I have the Fightful Weekender. I talk uh, NJPW being the elite. Ring of Honor, NXT. We've got that Q&A show twice a month. Two episodes a month of Dark Match Commentary where you see the match and hear me provide commentary on it. Brock Lesnar, John Cena, AJ Styles, Shelton Benjamin. Every month you get a match from Jimmy Van's Match Archives. I'm talking guys like Bobby Roode, uh, Eric Young, Nova from back in the day in Canada. Matches you have never seen before. Jimmy Van and I are tossing around the idea of doing some commentary on those as well. Our Fightful Photo Gallery. How about those uh, retro podcasts? I'm very, I'm really enjoying those. We also have sponsor tiers where you can uh, decide the content. Just head over to FightfulSelect.com and check it out. I promise you guys, well worth your money. Uh, Please support us. It's a good time. Alex, you sat there and listened to me uh, rant on about New Japan. Now you know how I feel whenever we get to a Braun Strowman segment on a Raw review. (laughs) Not whenever. Just tonight, you like Braun too. Just tonight, I was do. Too I far do. for you, a bridge too far. Well, you a will bri- be joining me on the post WrestleMania podcast. Yeah, and the post NXT and the post NXT podcast. Hot dog, hot dog. We'll be dressed really nice for that WrestleMania show. Yeah, yeah. Per usual, <laughs> per usual. <laughs> Guys, thank you all so much. Leave us a thumbs up. Subscribe. Most importantly, visit Fightful.com. I want to see you in those live discussions. Come hang out with us. Until next time.
You can follow him at Palowski the Fourth. Follow me at Sean Ross Sapp. FightfulSelect.com. Subscribe now. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.